Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. God's good. How many really believe that? You ever had anything happen to you that's not good? Did you know that doesn't change that God's good? We were singing a song while the ghost said, Oh, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Right? So that means we bless the Lord at all times. That's during those days. It's not so great. It's easy to bless the Lord when everything's Wonderful, and you have nothing coming against you, but it's when the battle comes. Y'all know anything about a battle? Well, maybe. If you ever have something, let me know. I'll, 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 it just seems like it's a battle, then I, I can help you, but I won't take the time to go through all that today. Amen. Are we on? We're live. Well, good morning. Glad that you're with us here today. Join us Facebook Live. We're at Grace Life Church here in Jimison, and glad you're uh, watching the service, whether it's live or at another time, we bless you and your family in Jesus' name. And, and we say this is the day that God has made, right? How many of your brother-in-law didn't make it? <laughs> How many know your mother-in-law didn't do it? Amen. No, the Lord made this day, and so we can rejoice and be we can be glad in it. Well, I want us to read just a passage that just came to me. It's not part of what I was going to do, but uh, James chapter 1 real quickly. And uh, it's kind of funny. Michelle was talking about something a few years ago. She said that, uh, and I, I remember when it happened, we went on for several, several weeks. And she said the Lord told me to, uh, years ago, to make sure. And I, I remember how it came to me. And he says, uh, I want this church established in righteousness. He says, one day you'll leave an answer for that. So I said, oh, we're going to teach you on that more than twice then. <laughs> that's where we're going to head to today. Because uh, that's funny. She said that and didn't even know. And he said this morning, he says, uh, you need to go back and establish some things. Well, let me just read something from the book of James. Y'all y'all ready? Chapter 1. And we'll just start with verse 2. My brethren, and of course uh, that includes you, sister. You got any sister in here? Amen. Amen. So this includes you. Count it all joy when you fall. I don't hear any counting going on. <laughs> Count it all joy when you fall. Okay, y'all didn't like that scripture. Let's see, uh, let's see one that maybe that doesn't have fallen in it. Oh, well, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this. Now, you got to get this. So now here we have someone who's fallen into a temptation, temptation, test or trial. But here's what you got to know if you fall. And this is what you got to know if you're experiencing a setback. That the trying of your faith is working your patience. Someone said, I know that. Well, it may not be the patience the way that, you know, sometimes we just think patience in the, in the terms of, if you look it up in the English dictionary, 
It's not the same thing as if you look it up in God's way of view of patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Patience is not just the ability to stand for a long time and wait for something. Some people, I don't like patience. That doesn't mean God wants me to wait forever for something to happen. No, patience may bring you in, in, into a manifestation in three seconds. So he said faith and it takes faith and patience. Not just patience by itself and not just faith by itself. Sometimes you're going to have, need faith and patience. Hebrews says through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. So you don't need patience if faith just brought everything to you immediately. Right. right? Think about that. Faith is the build, faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. So if I'm having to hope for it, it's because I don't see it yet. Right? So what am I going to do for the things that I'm hoping for I don't see? Well, I'm going to employ faith and I'm going to employ patience. So he said right here that when you're in a situation, he says, know this, that the trying of your faith is working your patience, but let patience have her work. In other words, patience says, I got a work to do here and just uh, uh, don't interrupt me because I'm trying to bring you into a good end. Amen. So we got we, we to got, we got put patience at work here. I know that in America, we live in an instant society. We want everything, you know, the whole world doesn't run as fast as Chick-fil-A. <laughs> So we're going to vote for our president uh, here in a few weeks. And if you're, if you say, I just don't know who in the world to vote for. Well, I, I won't say anything on the air here, but if you don't know anything else and you're just going to write somebody in, just write Chick-fil-A because if Chick-fil-A can run something the way they run it, they probably could run the government just fine. <laughs> During through all this pandemic and all those people going around through there, uh, you know, all the, you've been there, so you, you know how well they do, right? So I, I asked the manager one time, he was outside, and I says, Would, could y'all run the health care in the federal government for a while? He says, I, we can't right now. we got all we can do with this chicken. <laughs> he said, but I thank you for the confidence. <laughs> Amen. So let patience have a perfect work. Now watch here. That you may be perfect and entire what? Wanting for nothing. Right. Well, have you ever been in a place where you didn't want for anything? I haven't been there yet. I'm just being honest with you. I can, some thing, I, I, can see, I can think of a few things that I'd, I'd like to see happen that I feel like I'm in need of or want of. Well, he said, if I just put, he said, first off, if you count it all joy, that's a decision. That's a choice, right? I mean, you live by your choice. Choose this day, choose this day, life or death. So I make the choice to, to be at joy even when it doesn't feel like joy. See, that's why you have to count it all joy. Right. Because it's not joy. <laughs> if it was joy, we wouldn't have to count it that way, right? So when I'm not having joy, feeling joy, experiencing joy, I make a decision. Am I going to let my emotions rule me? Or am I just going to come over here in the Word of God and say, you know, I'm going to choose joy. In spite of what they're doing, in spite of what they're not doing, in spite of what's going on in my life and my family, my finances, my body, whatever it is, I'm going to make a decision. Count this all joy. Amen. Well, someone said, what if I believe all the way to the end and it never happens and I just die and go to heaven? You'll be full of joy. <laughs> they asked Oral Roberts years ago, they said, does, does everyone that you pray for get healed? He said, yes, uh, eventually. <laughs> In other words, a lot of them got healed while they was here on the earth if they didn't when they got into heaven. Because heaven won't let you drag in your limp of your leg in there. <laughs> uh -huh. Cancer is not allowed in heaven. 
right? You're not going to see any wheelchairs in heaven or crutches in heaven or, you know, you're not going to have a kitchen to get along. No, you're going to come dancing in. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to count it joy on this side. Y'all live, y'all live a little heaven before you get to heaven. Y'all, you ought to bring heaven down to earth. You say, well, I, you're just being over positive. I'm not being positive at all. Uh, they asked Jesus, tell us how to pray. And, he t and, and what's called the Lord's Prayer, there's in different parts of the gospel. But part of that, he says, he says, pray for days of heaven, just like it is only, you know, on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how is it in heaven this morning? And, and you seek people to be found? Anyone, anyone dealing with depression? Taking their medication for depression? No. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Amen. From sunrise to sunrise. Oh, because there's no sunset. That's hard to believe. Can you imagine for eternity after you leave this body, you'll never sleep again? Some of y'all feel sad because you're like, I like to sleep. You, you won't in heaven. <laughs> Amen. You, you won't have this body. Thank God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So you'll get, you'll get into heaven and you'll have this brand new spirit being just like Jesus. I hope you like it, but most people believe and everyone who's had visions of heaven. Um, most, most theologians believe that in heaven you'll probably be the age that Jesus was thereabouts when he was resurrected. So you're probably going to be 28 to 33 years old for eternity. But in a spirit body. That'd be all right. And you won't be flesh and blood, so you'll, you'll have a spirit body. Won't even be blood. It'll, 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 it'll get its source of glory. In other words, it'll be, it'll be spirit and glory. And all heaven's being illuminated today with, with just the glory of God. Amen. Alabama Power Company's not there hooking them up. No. Just the glory of God is illuminating them. Amen. And like I said many times before, you can't go to heaven with this body because this body can't take it. There's so much joy in heaven. There's so much rejoicing in heaven that if you was in this body, it just could not take it. I mean, if you, if you were to take even yourself saved in this body to heaven in three seconds, you'd probably explode and you'd be all over the wall just in fragments. <laughs> you say, what happened to him? Too much joy. Too much joy. Too much happiness. Amen. So you've got to have a spirit body just to be able to handle the glory of God. Hallelujah. Don't miss it. Y'all don't miss it. Amen. So, but right now, while we're here in the nasty here and now, we're going to count it all joy. Amen. And so he said, uh, but he, now he said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of who? Of God. He didn't say Dr. Phil. Didn't say Judge Judy. <laughs> and if you ask wisdom, he will what? He'll give it. He'll give it to all who, who ask, and he'll give it liberally. And abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. So when you, when you ask for wisdom, what to do? Ask in faith. Now don't waver, because if you waver, you're like a wave of the sea, driven in the wind and tossed, and, and you need to know. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 
Now, I want to go forward just a little bit before we get to our message today. This is our, our appetizer. I want you to know this in verse 17. Every good gift. Say it to you, I don't hear it better this time. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. What comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. So everything good that's ever come into your life, it came by God, through God. Amen. Amen. And his blessings are being poured out today. Some say, well, how come I'm not receiving it? Well, maybe you just need to be a better receiver. Football and the SEC, you know, came on yesterday. Some of y'all felt like your life, you know, took on a new dimension yesterday. But I, you could tell they hadn't had as much practice as they, they're used to, right? Like, this is a football. <laughs> this is how you catch a football. There was a lot of drop passes yesterday, I noticed, by, by all the teams. And so maybe God's throwing the passes, but we're not catching it. You know, when a quarterback tells you to go out on the route, whatever the route is, he throws the ball where you're supposed to be, not where you are. But to kind of, you know, for you to catch the ball, you're going to have to turn around because you can't catch it unless you have arms behind your back. You see, it's not going to work very well. So God's throwing the ball, but we've got to turn around and catch it. Amen. Y'all with me? So every good gift, every perfect gift has come down from the Father of lights. Now, verse 22, he tells us to be doers of the word. Tell your neighbor, says, he's talking to you. He said, be a doer of the word and don't just hear this. So if you just come to hear what I had to say today, that's only half of it. He said, I want you to go away hearing and doing it. Now, why is that? Well, keep reading. He said, if you, if you, uh, the doer of the word should hear the word. If, if they don't, he says, they're going to de deceive their own selves. He didn't say, I would deceive you. If you hear and don't do, he says, you're deceiving your own self. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goeth his way and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. He forgets. So you got to go back to the mirror. How many of y'all, be honest with you, looked in the mirror this morning before you got here? Amen. We all did, right? And I, I did first thing this morning. I walked in there and I said, hello, beautiful. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> and then I combed my hair. And I said, wow. And for y'all's benefit, I brushed my teeth. And used Listerine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. He looks at himself, he beholds himself, but he goes away. And straightway forgets what manner of man that he was. Well, if you've ever been out and it's real windy and, you know, and you've got strong winds out there and you're out shopping, you're doing things. And I mean, the wind's just blowing everything. You get in the car and you can just feel your hair is messed up. Now, I'm one of them weird ones. <laughs> I know what she's thinking. I brush my hair more than she does. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I can feel. I said, now, if I leave before you do and in the casket, I do not want my hair to look like this. I don't want that part to be down. I don't, I don't want that. I want, I want it to be over like that. 
And one reason is because I have an older brother. He's 16 months older than I am. And, uh, and I believe he's saved, born again, going to heaven. But I don't, I don't know about all his life. Praise the Lord. And some people say, y'all look a lot alike. And I just don't want to make sure the Lord gets confused between me and him going up. <laughs> and he don't care so much about his hair, whether his clothes are iron. So I, I want to make a great distinction between Chris and Eric. You know, it's like, you know, so, it's like comb my hair, spray it real hard in the casket. Praise the Lord. Amen. I feel better having said that. I just needed to, I needed to get that off. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 25. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Does what? Continue. So he has to look, then he has to continue to look. Right. That's good. Which, which means we don't say, oh, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Don't you know anything else? How many of y'all ever ate a steak? Amen. How many of you never had a steak? <laughs> How many of you plan to eat another before you leave the earth? Or are you going to continue therein, huh? Amen. Well, he says, take the word, continue therein, and don't be a forgetful hearer. Now watch the blessing connected to it. But be a doer of this work. He said, this man is going to be blessed in his deeds. So we have to choose, we have to choose to believe, we have to choose to continue to receive, we have to continue to, to, to look at the word, we gotta look at our situation, say, I count it all joy, it doesn't feel like joy, it's not joy right now, but I'm making a decision on the front end. Never pray to get an answer. Never pray to God in the name of Jesus to get an answer. Got your attention, didn't I? Go to the word of God, get the answer, then pray. Get the solution and then pray the solution. Romans chapter five. Last week, we, we talked about it being the time of fulfillment. So we'll, fix, we'll fit this into that somehow. Romans chapter 5. And let's start reading with 17. For by one man's death, death reigned by one. But much more, they which received the abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, this is the masterpiece that Paul is credited for writing by the Holy Ghost. The chapters have to go together, especially you, have, you really have to read chapter Parts of three through eight to get the understanding of what Paul is addressing. This is the Paul, much of the Pauline revelation, and it is an absolute masterpiece. And all Paul is doing is contrasting two people. He's contrasting Adam with Jesus. And either he's saying either you are in Adam or you're in Christ. And so when you don't understand that, you'll get in chapter 6 and 7 and you'll think Paul's having all kinds of problems of being in the, 
whether he's in the spirit or not, the, or he's not in the spirit. If you made a mistake, he, he's not in the spirit anymore. And, 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 and you'll get to the chapter seven, and you'll say, Paul just has as many problems as I do. And you'll find a little solace in that. And he'll say, I want to do that, which is good. He said, but when I try to do good, he said, I find myself over here doing what I don't want to do. He said, oh my God, who's going to deliver me? I don't believe Paul was even talking about himself at all. But uh, even, if, even if he was, he gave us the answer. And the answer is, you're delivered through Christ Jesus. Amen. Then he goes into chapter 8 and tells you about this whole thing. This whole Bible works by laws. He's, so you have to participate with the law. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which made you free, 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 free. Amen. If you've been in prison and they tell you the sentences or, or they, someone bails you out, that means you can go. I mean, if you just sit there and say, well, I wouldn't feel right going. I just don't feel like inside that, that my bail's been paid or my sentence has been canceled. So I feel like I should stay here. <laughs> Hmm. And that's what we've done a lot of times in the, in the body of Christ is we, we say, we can quote the verse, he who the Son set free has made us free indeed, but we don't live free. Amen. So freedom is a choice for us to say, he made me free, so I'm going to take the freedom that he provided me and I'm going to walk in it. See, if you're walking by the Spirit, that means you're walking in the Spirit, which means you're walking in step with the Spirit. We talked about this before, but it's like watching the military when, when, when they're marching and they're supposed to be marching in cadence. It ain't just like, you know, it's, and I tell you, left, right, well, I won't try to do all that, but, but left and right. Well, some guys ain't starting off with the right legs and others with the left, and they're not doing the Gomer thing, you know, Gomer pile. Shazam, Sergeant. Now, you know, Gomer would never have made it, the character of Gomer would never have made the range. They'd have killed him the first day. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have made it. No one would have ever found him. Sergeant Carter would have put him so far under that no one would ever saw him. <laughs> well, that's not the way it works. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to, one translation says, walk in step with the Spirit. Walk in cadence with the Spirit. Some say, well, my life's a mess and nothing I ever do works. Well, you're out of step. Get, get in step with the Holy Ghost. Get in step with the Spirit of God. Find out what He's doing. And, and find out where He's working in your life right now and stay in step with that. When things aren't working, it's just because you're out of step. You're, you're totally out of cadence. So what you're doing is you're saying, Lord, I want you to, this is what I want to do. Come bless me. No, it's reverse. Find out what the Lord's doing. Get involved in that because that's what's already blessed. Amen. Find out what the Lord's already blessed and get in that. Lord, come help me do this. Well, he, that, that may not be the step for you right now. Amen. The Lord doesn't have to give you money he never assigned for, for, for assignment he never called you to. You say, well, I've been calling the money and it don't come in. Well, maybe you're not even in the assignment he called you to be in. Huh? Find out what's already blessed because what's blessed has already been provided for because there is, there's a grace for it. Because where God guides, he always provides. Amen. And it can't no man stop it. Amen. I've proven it out. Years and years and years and years and years. Amen. God's been faithful all through the years. Even when people aren't faithful. Even when I'm not faithful. 
Amen. God is still faithful. He is not going to turn from this word. There's no, there, there's no variableness, no shadow to turn in God. Whatever God said, stands. It's law. Amen. 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 Someone says, well, I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I just believe the way I say it, it's going to happen. So I'm not even going to believe in gravity today. I'm going to go to the New York State Building. I'm going to jump off the top. Well, goodbye. We'll see you when, maybe we won't see you. I don't know. But it'll be your last day because gravity's going to work. Because God said, let there be, he could have said, let there be gravity. But he said, let there be light. And God's never said ever again, let there be light. Light was. And God didn't have to come back and say the next day, if here's the next day, uh, light again. No, it's just an ongoing. It's just ongoing of what God has said. So we need to, we need to be in step, walk in step, walk in step with the Holy Ghost, walk in step, stay in cadence with him. Amen. And when you fall into diverse temptation, test and trial, and, yeah, I, I say, it's OK. Jesus said these things were going to happen. So he didn't lie. So things have happened. But the, but I'm not going to pray for an answer. I'm going to go to the answer book and I'm going to find the answer. Amen. Life is an open book test. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you had a test, you'd really have to take an open book test. I, we, we only had a few of those at school. And for people like me who didn't study that much, I was thankful because I knew I had a 50-50 chance to find the answers for the bell ring. <laughs> Multiple choice and open book. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> After I had to convince my parents, which I don't think I ever did, I told my mom, I said, now, D, Mom, they changed that since you went to school. I said, D means delightful and F means fantastic. <laughs> and she said, well, come on back in here. She said, I got something for your delightful and fantastic. <laughs> and it wasn't so delightful. <laughs> I told her A meant awful and B meant bad. And see, man, can't handle this no more. <clears throat> she didn't fall for it, though. Smart woman, wasn't she? So he said, by one man's offense. Who's that one man? Adam. So are you in Adam? Are you in Christ? See, because if you're in Adam, you're not in Christ. You're in Christ, sis. Hmm. So he said, one, one man caused this and death reigned by this one man, but much more they, that they would, that were received. Now we're talking about receivers earlier, you know, through the analogy of football, but we need some good receivers here today. How many of y'all going to be a good receiver? Come on now. If you will receive the abundance of grace, this is the King Jimmy. That's Pastor, Pastor Buzz, you say King Jimmy. He said, you got to receive the, not just grace. He said, go ahead and receive an abundance of it. <laughs> Say, Father, I thank you for, for the abundance of grace. And a whole lot of more. <laughs> Amen. So he told us to receive the, uh, the abundance of grace. And, that, and then he didn't stop. He said, and, and why are you there? He said, go and get the gift of righteousness. Amen. <laughs> Grace and get a gift of righteousness. Mm -hmm. So notice righteousness mm -hmm. is a gift. Yes, it is. How many of y'all like gifts? Yes. Yeah. Amen. It says, if, and so here's the promise. They that which will receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign one day in heaven in the sweet by and by. Is that what your Bible says? Mm -hmm. 
No, oh, that, oh, look here, mine didn't either. I'm sorry, typo. It says if we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we're going to reign in this life. Someone say this life. This life. By one, Jesus Christ. Mm. Good word. By, by just one. Just one. And that, in other words, it's not what you do and he does together. Maybe the sum total will be enough. Mm. By one man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Why? Because one man got you in a mess, Adam, and one man got you out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Amen. Now, look at verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Through Adam's transgression of sin, he said this, his offense, his sin, the judgment of that sin came upon all men. People say, well, that ain't right. That ain't fair. That's okay. It says, but even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came. Amen. Upon all men, unto justification of life. Verse 19, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Can, can you see the contrast Paul's teaching? Yes, Adam or Christ? Adam or Christ? Adam or Christ? Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? Good You're in Christ. So by one man, to my Adam's disobedience, we were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, who's that one? Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, shall many be made righteous. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So he says sin was abounding. It came upon the whole human race. But where sin abound and the judgment of did, grace stepped in through the man Jesus Christ. The grace of God. That's good news. By one man, Jesus Christ, he says, we're gonna, he says, sin has abounded. He says, we're gonna, he says, we're gonna superabound over that. Uh, Amen. That's, that's Amen. I, I watch some some westerns every now and then. Well, like all the time. But anyway, and so you ever seen him playing poker like that? And he says, and he says, he thinks he's got the wind in hand. He puts it down. He starts to rake you the money. And the other guy said, not so fast, buddy. <laughs> and he, he throws down a hand better than that. And 99% of the time in the Westerners, he, he cheated to do it. And usually one of them kills the other and shoots shoot each other. But, but he thought they had the wind in hand. Satan thought he had the wind in hand on you. And he started to rake in the whole pile. Oh, and Jesus on the other side, he wasn't smoking a cigar or anything, but he was on the side. He said, well, wait a minute, pilgrim. <laughs> he says, you haven't saw my hand yet. <laughs> Jesus put his hand down and Satan said, what? <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> and Jesus had the wind in hand. But the wind in hand was written down for your credit. Because yes. he didn't do it for him, he did it for you. I said he didn't do it for him, he did it for you. In other words, you won the game. You were losing and all the chips was down. There was no way out. You're about to lose the farm and everything else. But Jesus stepped in and said, I got the winning hand. He said, whatever he done, I can trump it. And he wasn't on no leak, uh, lucky streak. Amen. He's on, he, if he is, he's still on the same lucky streak. 
Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every demon that raises his head up against you and hell tries to come against you, you still got the winning hand. Believe me, hell has not forgot about the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says they tremble at that name. Hallelujah. So stay on the winning side. So whenever you're complaining and whatever you're whenever you're struggling, whenever you're saying, I'm woe out, tired out, give out, it's because you in Adam. You need to jump over here and get over in Christ and get on the winning side. You're holding the wrong hand. You got the wrong cards. I'm gonna ask you, do you you, you want to ante up and you you know how they like give me two cards? Just throw them say, give me a new hand. Just throw all of them around. Give me, give me a new hand. Hallelujah. So, this is what belongs to the righteous. Now, verse 21 says, As sin hath reigned unto death, even so grace might reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So, our key in that verse was verse 17. That we have to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Now, he could have mentioned 40 other things, but he didn't. He mentioned two things it takes to reign. I like it. He keeps it simple. He said, if you want to reign while you're here on earth, you will not need this verse in heaven. But since this is not heaven, how many of y'all convinced this is not heaven? I, I felt that. I mean, I, there's a strong spirit in here that agrees with that, that this is not heaven. How many of y'all even felt like yesterday wasn't heaven? How many of you looking for heaven to be an upgrade above? Yes, amen. Hey, hallelujah. So he said, the only thing that we need to, to reign in life, he said, is just the, the, you need an abundance of grace and you need the gift of righteousness. So let's go to work on that just for a few minutes, okay? Yes, now, if we're struggling to believe whether we deserve righteousness, then we got a problem. Because that, that, now, see, this is where the enemy works. So he, see, he already knows if you're a believer, you're the righteousness of God. So he's got to undermine that somehow. He has to undermine that somehow. He can't, he, he can't do anything to take your righteousness away because he didn't do anything to give it to you. And, and, and you didn't do anything to give it to you. So he can't take away what he didn't give because maybe it was the gift. And you don't think Satan gave you the gift of righteousness, do you? No. He gave you some stuff now. I'm telling you, he got some stuff to give you. But it, it, it ain't no abundance of grace and it ain't no gift of righteousness. The, Satan would call you some names, but righteousness is not one of them. <laughs> He tell you how sorry you are and how, 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 how much a fair you are, how you ain't never gonna make it, and how God's abandoned you, and you're praying and believing God, but this this don't work, and I believe that and that ain't. But he is not gonna tell you you are the righteous one. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Jesus will. He believes that you're righteous. See what Jesus knows is you're just as righteous as he is. That's hard on the brain. That is, that is so hard on your brain to say, I'm as righteous as Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ didn't have one ounce of righteousness more than I do. Someone says, now you ought to take that guy out and stone him. <laughs> Did you hear that? That boy said he's as righteous as Jesus Christ. Now, I, I did say it. And when I first learned that years ago, I said, can't be, can't be. There's no way, there's no way. 
<clears throat> because, you know, I, I'd made a couple mistakes in my life. <laughs> Amen. Made a couple this week. Made one Thursday. Thursday. Y'all want to know what I did, don't you? <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, here's what I did. I said something, and uh, I thought it was wrong. Turned out I was right. So I was wrong that I, that I thought I was wrong, and I actually was right. Amen. There you go. Praise the Lord. Well, so we can't struggle to believe whether we deserve to be blessed or favored or victorious. See, we're at, that's asking the wrong question. Do I deserve this? No. The, the answer is no. The correct question is, does Jesus deserve to be blessed and victorious? What's the answer to that one? Yes. And, and you're in either Adam or are in Christ, right? So Jesus deserves it and you're in Him. Amen. So living, now no, listen, living a blessed life is not contingent on your own works or striving to be perfect. Amen. Or how hard you have worked. Or at even changing yourself. But on the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. Hallelujah. We are told in the scripture to put on Christ. We are told in the scripture to put off the old man, right? We are told in the scripture to put on the mind of Christ. We are told in the scripture as he is, so are we in this world, not having this world. We are told the life that we live today, we live by the faith of the Son of God. Not in the Son of God, but live of his faith. So we don't need to have faith in our faith. We need to have faith in his faith because his faith is my faith. Because your faith is going to fail you. That's why he didn't give you your faith. Amen. He said, well, I know, I know I can do all things because I, I have his authority. No, you don't have his authority. Hmm? You don't have, well, let me say this. You have authority, but, but, but you say, but, but, but I, I have, he's given me his authority. No, you, you have authority in his name. It's not your authority, it's his authority. Because if it's your authority, why don't you just pray in your name? Why don't you say in the, in the, in the name of me? <laughs> no, it's his authority that you're using. It's delegated authority. He's given you the power of attorney. It's his authority, but he's, he's given it to you to use for that. But it's his authority. They're not leaving. Devils aren't trembling because of you. <laughs> They're not. They're not. They're trembling and they're departing because of who, not who you are, but whose, whose you are. When they know that you know who you are, they say, it ain't going to work here. Let's just go find something easier to work with. Because this, I mean, there's, we, don't, we don't have that much time. We're understaffed. She knows too much. I'm already tired, and I, I just can't deal with that woman today. There's got to be someone easier to work with. <laughs> Amen. She, she, done, she, she done been in them scriptures, and she knows who she is in Christ. She's speaking it, and the more she talks it, the weaker I get. I, I, I'm hurting. I need to go see a doctor myself. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and the demons start packing up all their Samsonite luggage and say, let's get the, you know what, out of here. This is just too, too much hell on us. And we're already going to spend eternity in hell, so why have more hell before we even get there? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in his faith. Righteousness is a legal term. It's legal. And it simply means this, that you've been justified. Someone say justified. justified. Now let's split it. Let's, let's take that word and tear it apart. It's just as if I'd. Justified. Just as if I'd never missed it. It's just as if you had never ever sinned. That's how God sees you. All your sins was taken to the cross of Jesus, past, present, and future. So if you take away all sins, what does that leave? That just leaves you totally righteous. Hmm? Now see, you got quiet on me. But let me give some scripture because this, that, that's why we're reestablishing some things. Don't turn there, but Jude 1.24 says this, Now unto him who's able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin, watch here, and he will present you unblemished, blameless, and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumphant joy and unspeakable delight. So there's going to be a, a time in heaven you, you will come before the, G, before the Lord himself and he is going to present you before the Father. He said, Father, here comes faultless. <laughs> faultless has just come into the throne room. Here, here's blameless. Here's perfect, Father, coming for you because they're in me. You gave them me. They're in me. They're in mine. He says, so Father, he said, blameless, meet the Father. Faultless, meet the Father. Hallelujah. Man, what would that do to your faith? What would that do to your faith when you fall into dire temptation, test, and trial? You say, you can't put no faultless in a pit <laughs> and keep me in no pit. Well, the doctor says so-and-so. Well, two flips about what the doctor said. Let me, let me tell you what Jesus said. Hallelujah. That stuff don't have dominion over me. I have dominion over it. Hallelujah. Well, it's just going to be like this the rest of your life. Says who? I, I need some scriptures on that. Huh? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, sometimes because they're just stupid. Amen. Which, or ignorant, which means they just don't know. If you do stupid things, you know, there's no saying John Wayne, John Wayne used to say, he used to say, you know, you just can't fix stupid. <laughs> and, he, and John Wayne said if you're going to live stupid he said life's going to be harder for you <laughs> John Wayne said well he was right did you know John Wayne got saved before he died wow. someone had sent his nurse one of Brother Hagin's books about healing right before he died and, uh, but he, uh, and, and they read the book to him and Brother Hagin had the letter John Wayne's family sent him the message and so his, his, his nurse read him the book right before he died. And he, and he says, well, let's go ahead. And he says, pray that, let, let, let's pray. I, I, I need to know Jesus. I don't know that I know. So he read this, the sinner's prayer at the end of Brother Hagin's book. And, and he got born again. Amen. So when you get to heaven, the Duke's going to be there. 
<laughs> I mean, when, when you walk through the door, you're going to say, oh, what you say, partner? <laughs> He's going to have that. And I believe Elvis is going to be there. Huh? And he's going to... Praise the Lord, Sam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I believe it long out there. Hallelujah. So, righteousness is a legal term. If you look up, if you look it up in the uh, Vines Expo Expository Dictionary, a Greek and Hebrew word, it says this. It says, righteousness is defined as the gracious gift of God to whereby all men who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are brought into right relationship with God without any works. Amen. Yay! I'm saved. Hallelujah. The gracious gift of God to whereby men, all men, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are brought into a right relationship with God without works. So in other words, right standing with God is based upon Jesus's right standing with God. Yes, glory. I wonder how Jesus's standing with God is today. You think it's okay? Is it a little shaky? No. So the gift of righteousness is something that you can never earn. You can't obtain it. You can't achieve it. You can't do enough right to do it, to get it. But it only comes through believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The moment that you, you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, he's born again, and then you, you are acquitted, having declared you righteous and holy and blameless, all your past, present, and future, nailed to his cross. For, I did that to keep you all awake, Hallelujah. And make you think there's more power. It worked, didn't it? Yeah, see there. I keep them kids awake, keep them honest. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of the old preachers taught me that. You know, like, <laughs> every now and then go like that. And like, oh my God. This is <laughs> How about Hebrews 12, 23? It says, as members of the firstborn. He's talking to you. Oh, you're going to like this verse. Have we all received the offering? We did. We did sort of, right? We probably won't have to receive another one if I read this. As members of the firstborn of the church. Ooh. Of the, let me start again. I'm getting excited. Settle down, settle down. As members of the firstborn of the church, of the firstborn, all your names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. This is the Passion Translation. Your name has been legally registered in, as a citizen of heaven. Y'all okay with that? You're legally registered as a citizen of heaven. Y'all all right? Well, I'm not through yet now. <laughs> And we have come before him who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous and you have been made perfect in his eyes. I'm walking in step with the Holy Ghost. Perfect, righteous, holy, 
blameless in step with him. So if you have condemnation, it's not from him. If you feel unworthy, you didn't get it from him. If you feel like you have no value, you didn't get it from him. You're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the reason why this is why this is vitally important is because you're in the very last days and God's not. People say, well, God's turning his power up. I think, really? So you had it down? <laughs> no, it's not that God's turning his power up. We just got to be more receptive to what he's doing. Amen. So we're 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 in the place where. We are ready to invade the areas of what looks impossible. The works Jesus said we would do in greater works. So to begin to uh, have a mindset that we're going to invade the impossible, we do this by beginning to reign, to rule and reign. And, and now watch here. We do this by resting. You say, in other words, it sounds like we're about to ramp it up and invade the impossible. It's not like we're going to go to war right now. Like, oh. And Jesus says, okay, you ready? We're going to do the impossible now. Okay, okay. Got my sword and my spirit. He says, now, order number one. Yes, sir. Rest. <laughs> rest. Be at rest. Everybody tell somebody, say, be at rest. Now, don't mean go sleep while I'm preaching. That does not mean that. <laughs> do that on your own time. How to leave. But by resting in the gift of righteousness. Now, how do you rest in this gift? By believing the fact that you are currently right now, today, right now, irreversibly, perfectly the righteousness of God and cannot be changed or cannot be reversed. Can't do it. So the more your faith in the gift of righteousness grows, the more you rest. And the more you enter into that rest. And the more that you enter into the rest, the more that you begin to reign. The more you begin to reign, the more you invade the impossible. Because you know who you are. And so you rest in that. Hallelujah. Entering into rest means that I cease trying to be what he already made me. Brother Keith, I mean, next week, if you want something to believe God for, just believe all week that you're a male. <laughs> Can you rest in that? See, he's already at rest. You know why he's at rest? Someone tell me. Oh, he's already a male. You say, that's a crazy example. Not in today's world. <laughs> Where you're not even supposed to ask the question. Until they're about 30, they, they don't know what gender. They, they, they ain't decided yet. Don't tell me what bathroom to go into. Well, if my granddaughter goes to the bathroom and some 20-year-old guy goes in there right behind her because he, he decided, I'm going to decide for him. I'm going to pull him by the neck and say, where do you think you're going? Exactly. Well, I feel... I feel like, you know, like, well, we're going to change it. Come on, baby. Come on. We're going to change your feelings over here. At least until my daughter, my daughter or granddaughter comes out of the bathroom. No, that's right. Amen. I shouldn't say this. I won't even tell you who said it. But two men of God 
said there's two, there's two ways to get a devil out. Cast him out or beat him out. <laughs> don't know if that's quite scriptural, but maybe it is. I don't know how to <laughs> Yeah, but get him out. That's right. <laughs> so I entered the rest by, by, cease, by ceasing from my own labor, from my own works. And I enter in by rest to the finished work. You enter, you're entering into what's finished. Amen. You know, one, one good thing about going to a restaurant is they do the cooking and they do the washing of the dishes, right? And that's what you pay for. The serv- you, you pay for the meal and you pay for the service, right? right? Now, has any of you ladies ever wanted to go back in the kitchen and help them wash the dishes? When you Are y'all getting off that home? How, how many of y'all never had that spirit come on you think you ought to go back in and wash the dishes? Amen. No, you go there to be served, right? And you enter into a rest and you enjoy your meal. Amen. And please tip the, the lady. If you're not a tipper, please do not tell me you come from this church. Praise the Lord. And don't give no Christian tip. But you ordered no fifty dollar steak and give them, you know, uh, a testimony card. <laughs> don't give them something that rattles. You say, well, all I got is a three dollar tip. Well, then you go to McDonald's until you get more money. Or just don't tell me you come here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been to many restaurants before and I gave a bigger tip than my meal because I just heard the Spirit of God said that I, I need to bless them. Good work. Good work. And it's fun to watch their face, you know. Good work. When your ticket's $35 and you give them $235. And then she said, you made a mistake. I said, no, I didn't. That's good work. You said, but there's 200 I said, well, that's for you and the 35 is for the chicken. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, so we enter into that rest. And the way that you enter into rest is you just simply, you, you, you just start believing and developing your faith of, of who you are in Christ. Not, not in Adam. Amen. Not in Adam. See, that's, that, that, that's, where, that's where we get our, we, we, we want to go back and get an Adam. You know, we want to go back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's, it's, it's, it's still there in the, in the sense of that you can still go there. It's still available to you if you want the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Or, or, or you can come to the place of total liberty. Amen. And say, no, this is who I am. I don't, I don't have to do anything to be like God. I'm not, I'm not doing anything to be like God. If you want to know what Jesus looks like, I'm looking at y'all. Hell yeah. You, you look like Jesus, right? Now, now, now we should tell agree with that. They told you in Sunday school and you, and you went to a... You, you, uh, you went to Sunday school as a kid, and, and they said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Sing songs about being in Jesus, right? Well, if you're in Jesus, he's in you, then you ought to look like him. How many ever told you you look like your mom or your dad? Amen. You ever heard that? Or you look like a brother? You look like a relative? Well, that's, it. that's just the DNA. Well, God's DNA is in you. Amen. Huh? Yeah, his divine nature is in you. His divine access is in you. And the other thing DNA means to the Satan is do not approach me. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. So you have his divine nature in you. Well, if his nature is in you, his character is in you, his love is in you, his faith is in you, his, his, his gentleness is in you, his temperance is in you, his kindness is in you, of course you're going to look like him. That's right. And you're going to sound like him. So when they arrested Peter and John, they said, and they did that miracle in Acts chapter 3, you know, the man who was at the gate right. beautiful. That's right. And then they couldn't deny it. 
but they were trying to stop the message. And so the, uh, they, they had a little powwow together because the people rejoicing because here's this guy 40 years old. He's been lame from, his, from birth and no one could deny miracles taking place. So you got the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and that's why they were sad, you see. And so they were, they were saying, what are we going to do with these people? I mean, what are we going to do with these men? Because we can't deny a notable miracle is taking place. We can't deny it. Everyone saw it. So they threatened them. No longer to preach in that name. But the scripture says this. They said, they, they said that Peter and John, in Acts chapter 4, I think it's verse 13, somewhere in there. It says Peter and John... They knew they were, they were ignorant men. In other words, they weren't educated. But, it's, but here's the compliment. They said, but they could tell they'd been with Jesus. Amen. Hmm? Can people tell we've been with Jesus? Amen. Amen. See, whatever you look at a lot is what you're going to look like. Amen. If you're staring at CNN a whole lot... Even Fox nowadays is like, really? A lot of it. If you listen to a constant input of what's going on in the world, huh, then what you're, what you're going to let in is fear and anxiety. And God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He, he didn't. So I want you to, and you knew that already. How many of y'all knew that? That God didn't give you a spirit of fear. And, and so that's powerful to know this. But what you need to focus is on the other part of, that part right. of the verse is that all right, he didn't give me a spirit of fear, but what did he give me? Love, power, and a sound mind. It's not enough just to know that you don't have fear. Mm -hmm. so, you, right. so, so no, no spirit that's causing fear in your life or torment in your life, it has no place in your life. But you need to come back on the other side and say, it's because right. I have the that's love right. of God right. in me shed abroad in my heart. In love, cast out all fear. That's right. All fear. That's right. Yeah, but this is a, this is a spirit of fear. Oh, well, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what rank the demon is. Right. <laughs> love, <laughs> cast out all fear. That's right. He did use the word all. Now, I'm not a Greek or Hebrew scholar by any stretch of imagination, but I know what all means. How many of y'all know what all means? Amen. If there was ten of something and, and you got all of them, how many would you get? You get all ten, right? You wouldn't even have to look that up in the dictionary. No. You got power over all the power of the enemy. So, how much is that? How, how much power do you have? All power. Now, if you have all power, how much does the devil have? None. None, because you, you got all of it. You say, well, where does the devil get his power? He uses yours. When a guy doesn't have a car, and he's a thief, and he breaks into a car, is that his car? No, he just broke in and took yours. <laughs> That's what the enemy is, the thief. He's just using your authority. That's what he did to Adam. That's why Adam ended up in crisis. That's why he ended up spiritually dead. And all men died. You say, well, that don't seem right, but that's all right. Jesus fixed it. Adam was like the federal head of all mankind. So when he died, the whole world died. But by one man, Jesus Christ, by one man, all became righteous because Jesus had a better hand. And he says, now take, the, now take the abundance of grace, and I'll give you my, I'm going to give you my righteousness. Yeah. He didn't say righteousness. He said, I'm going to give you my righteousness yeah. as a gift. Amen. He says, so legally, what I'm telling you is I'm legally 
I'm legally telling you that you're not guilty. I'm legally acquitting you from all your trespasses and sins. I'm legally, I'm legally decreeing you righteous before God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to give you my righteousness, which means you are on equal footing with me where righteousness is concerned. So before the Father, he says, you're right. You have a good standing with the Father. You said, but yeah, but Thursday I made a big mistake. Okay, that's, that's in your soul and in your flesh. I'm talking about in your spirit, you're the righteous of God. So what you did or did not do did not affect your righteousness. Because what did you do to become righteous? What, what good works did you do to obtain the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Did you give it to yourself? Did you access it because of your goodness? Well, then how did you lose it by something you did when you didn't do nothing to get it? Wow. Man, wow. Good word. He tells us to come boldly into the throne of grace so we might save grace and mercy to help us in time of need. You don't, you, you don't come in boldly to the throne of grace thinking that you're unworthy. You come there boldly because you know you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You're loved of God. You've got a power, love, and a sound mind. I'm at peace. I'm loved by the Father. God's on my side. Amen. The enemy, he's been denied. The blood's been applied. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I got it straight now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's just step over so we can finish this point. Amen. So Romans, 5, uh, Romans 1.17 says, For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. This is a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. As it is written, the righteous shall live by... Can you all finish that? The righteous shall live by faith. That's Romans 1.17. Now here's, now, now here's my question to you out of that verse. This is the righteous shall live by faith. So what is the faith the righteous shall live by? Simply the faith that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the righteousness which you live by. Yeah. In context, Paul is saying the gospel and the power of salvation, which is the word soteria, which includes your salvation, your deliverance, your healing, your preservation, your, your, your prosperity, many things. Paul is saying the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power. And a righteousness from God, which is from faith, from first to last. Now listen carefully. Because of that, because of that right standing with God, you actually do not need to pray for healing. And you don't need to pray for blessing. And you don't need to pray for prosperity. And you don't need to pray for wholeness. And you don't need to pray for blah, 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 blah and on and on and on. You simply need to develop your faith into the higher levels of this is that today that you have the gift of righteousness, therefore you are the righteousness of God. Hmm? In other words, once again, we're not praying for an answer. We go get the answer and then we pray. And we say, thank you, Father. I see here over and over and over again 
that himself, Jesus, took my infirmities and he bore my sickness and he bore my disease that it might be fulfilled by, what he, by the prophet Isaiah, what he said. Then I got to go to Isaiah 53 and find out what Isaiah said. That he was wounded for my transgressions. He was already bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him by his stripes that I am healed. I go with 1 Peter 2.24, said he, his own self, he bore my sin on his body on the tree, right? Jesus bore your sin in his body on the tree. He was crucified there, right? And we know that because of that, that by his stripes ye what? Were healed. Now, how many of you know enough about English to know that were is not present tense? It's what? It's past tense. So if I were healed, not good English tonight, you would say if I were healed, I, I, I was healed if I were healed. So if I was healed, that must, be, that must mean I am healed. Because of what already took place. So why would I pray for healing when I already were healed? I would just begin to say, I'm the righteous of God. And say, you, haven't, you, you, you do not have access to my body because first off, it's not even your body. And it's not even my body. People say, it's my life to live. My body, I do what I want to with it. No, if you're born again, it's not even your body. And it's not your life, it's his life. Remember, you died. Did, did you forget the death? You're supposed to have died, and now you're living his life. He's living his life through you. So Satan has, does not have a right to inflict your body and keep it in a position to where you, you're living not with the benefits that Jesus already paid for you. It's, un, it's really unscriptural. Are you, are you listening to me? So all of our faith has to grow in that. Amen. That we're the righteous God. And, this, and so when you do that, this releases the power of salvation. And so the church is teaching and has been the five steps for this and the seven steps for that and the 12 steps to get this and the 13 steps to get prosperity and the 14 steps to whatever. And the problem is the church is running out of steps. And the biggest problem is they don't let them work. I mean, we got the church stepping. And next week, we're going to learn how to believe God, you know, for, you know, for condominium. And then the next week, we're going to learn how to make for a new bedroom suite. And next week, we're going to believe. And the steps don't work. Huh? The power of God is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we'll close here this morning. Three questions. We can pose them this way. 2 Corinthians 5.21, which is what we've been reading about the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, came through Jesus Christ, not through your own works, not through your ability. Not for your goodness, right? So here's my three questions to you. Did Jesus sin in order to be made sin? Classroom right now. Did Jesus ever sin? Well, I don't know if we actually... Did we, did we read that verse? Let's, let's read it. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'll, I'll read it. You can just stay right there if you want to. It said, For him, for he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew how much sin? No, no. no sin. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. The Amplified says that we ought to be approved and acceptable in right relationship with Him by His goodness. 
Now, here's the question. Did G, now, question number one, did Jesus sin in order to be made sin? No. no, obviously not. Question number two, how did Jesus become sin? You know, this finds, sounds like a funny way of saying it. It says that we, we became righteous by the free gift of righteousness. I, I guess he became sin by the free gift of sin. <laughs> huh? Or, in other words, he was our substitute, right? So you're telling me, question number one, I asked you, did Jesus sin in order to be made sin? And, and you said no. Correct. How did Jesus become sin? He received our sin. When, question number three, when Jesus received our sin, did he have to pray and ask God for the wrath to come on him? No. No. When he became sin, the wrath came automatically, right? He didn't have to ask for it. Y'all with me right now? Yes, sir. So now, as soon as he took or received our sin, then immediately the curse came upon him and the judgment and the wrath and the rejection because he became sin. Are we together? Yes, sir. Now, let's apply these same questions to our righteousness. Do you do righteous acts in order to be made righteous? Does your righteous acts make you righteous, in other words? No. Y'all agree? No. It's by what? By faith? By believing in who? By believing in Jesus. So, I want to say it this way. So, if you're going to tell people that we are righteous because we do righteous things, then you should tell them that Jesus became sin because he sinned. If you're telling them that you that you live in a holy life and a good life and you, you, you're a blessing and you help people, all, all that's good. You know, that, that's, that's wonderful. But that's, that should be the fruit of your righteousness, not why you're righteous. So if you're going to tell people that you're righteous because of your righteousness and your righteous works, then you have to say then Jesus became sin because he was a sinner. He sinned. Question number two. Did God punish Jesus as if he had sinned? Yes. But did he sin? No. No. But it came on him freely. And he didn't have to ask for wrath or the cross or the whipping post or hell or to be crucified. It came on him automatically because sin came upon him. Remember, in Adam, are you in Christ? Okay. Did wrath come upon Jesus as if he sinned? Yes. Was he, was he treated by God as if he was the world's worst, most vile sinner? Yes. yes, to the point to where in Isaiah 52 said on the cross, Isaiah 52, Isaiah the prophet says, we, you, you can't even tell if that's a human left up there. It's, it's just a blob of flesh and it doesn't even resemble a human. It's so disfigured. What was that? The wrath of God. That was your and my sin upon a man's body. And so... If you want to think grace is the message that God just looks over and don't care anymore, you, uh, you are not listening to what I'm telling you. If anything, the grace of God, the Bible tells you, teaches you how to live righteously. It empowers you to do it. It don't, it, it don't look over it. Thank God the message of grace has finally gone forth. But, you know, people go from one dish to the other. Two. Well, you know, I'm forgiving past, past, future. Past, past, future don't really matter what I do. Stupid. It does matter. But we're not doing it in our ability. We're doing it in his ability. The grace of God teaches you to live righteously, and it, but, but gives you the ability and the power to do it. 
Grace will empower you to bring you out of that lifestyle. Not just say, well, it's okay. Jesus covered it all. That's not the grace of God. Was, uh, did Jesus suffer the consequences of sin? Yes. yes. Did he suffer the curse of sin? Yes. Did he have to even have to suffer the condemnation of sin? Yes. But had he sinned? No. no. So the question is, why did wrath, judgment, condemnation come upon him automatically without him asking for it? It's because he was simply the substitute and he had to receive your and my punishment. Are we the righteous of God? Because of the righteous things that we do. No. no. Does God treat us as if we are righteous all the time, even after we mess up? Yes. yes. Y'all are smart. Wow. Does God still even bless you? Because you are. Does God still bless you today? Because you are the righteous of God. Yes. yes. So what we do to receive the blessing. Is what? We simply believe that you are the. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God. And his, seek first the kingdom of God and, his, and, and seek his what? Righteousness. Righteousness. He said, quit, quit being like pagans. He said, the pagans are always like, well, we're going to be able to buy the shoes. Well, we're going to get grocery money. How are we going to pay the light bill? How are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to do this? How are we going to be clothed? How are we going to... He, Jesus says, stop that. Don't work anymore, Hank. Okay. Stop that. He says, simply seek your place in righteousness in the kingdom. Now, when you elect a senator or a congressman or a representative for our state or any state, they have a seat from which they, they are to sit there and they are to represent our state or whatever state, right? They have a seated place of authority. And what you are is you've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ. And all Jesus has asked you today, he says, would you please come sit and rest and rule and reign from your seat of authority? Because you are right with God. And now you can invade the impossible realms. Finishing up here. So there's, in John 16, 8, it says the Holy Spirit was sent into the world to convict people of what? Of righteousness. Not that they sin. There's, the, the, there's not a New Testament scripture that says the Holy Spirit convicts people, uh, believers of sin. I know that's hard for the Christian world, and someone might turn me off when I say that, but I'll just say, go search your Bible out. There's not a New Testament scripture that the Holy Spirit convicts a believer of sin. Another subject, but I'll, I'll interface it with this. There's not a New Testament scripture where Paul or any of the apostles ever, ever told a believer to have faith in God. You have to go back to when Jesus was when he was speaking to an unsaved world. Paul never tells a believer to have faith in God. You know why? Because they do. He might encourage you to, to access, you know, by grace, 
the faith that you with the faith that you already have. But Paul never told a believer to have faith. Because you do. No more that Mr. Keith is going to pray all week that he'll be a male next week because he already is. Hmm? So I'm not going to tell you to have faith in God. I'm going to tell you to live in the faith of God. Rule in the faith of God. Reign in the faith of God. So he convicts us. The Bible says in John 16, he convicts us of our sin. In the, in the sin, John 16, 8, and you ought to go read it. He convicts us. And that word convicts, if you look up, is the word convince. He convinces you not of the sin, but the sin, the reason why people will die and go to hell one day is not because of their actions of sins, plural, S-I-N-S, plural. They will die because of their singular, S-I-N. And the sin that they will die and go to hell for is this, with the, in John 16, is their sin of unbelief in Jesus Christ. Because if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who paid for the penalty of sin, there's no more payment for you. So when we fail and we make mistakes and we miss the mark and we sin, then what the Holy Spirit does is He comes and He convinces us of our righteousness. And you say, I made a bad mistake. And then we say, Father, thank you that you've already forgiven me. I accept that. I thank you that the blood has washed me and cleansed me. But, but even though I have made this mistake many times, it cannot and will not ever affect my righteous standing. I am the righteousness of God even when that happened. And the devil has no part in this. And that's called established in righteousness. And when you're not established, it's like pouring wet concrete. And before it dries, you can write your name in it, what year, and I was here, and you can, you can take your finger and write all through wet concrete. But if you go back in a few hours and try to write it, it's not going to work because it's already set up hard. And when, when you let righteousness be established in you and, it, and it's set up hard on the inside, the enemy can come out with all his junk and say this like this and like this and God's disappointed with you and that's the reason why you're praying answered and it's because you know, you, you're doing this or you hadn't done that and all this and this is why all this is happening. Lie! He's the father of lies. No, you need to go back and establish yourself that I'm right with God. And the more you do, the easier it will be for you to come out of those temptations. Because there's no temptation taking you but such as common demand. But the Lord will make a way of escape. If it's too big for you, he said, I'll just jerk you out of there. That's what, that's what Paul told the Corinthian church. He said, if, if any temptation that Satan brings you into, he said, if you're not able to bear it, he said, he'll, he said, he'll pull you out himself. And you say, well, I ain't been pulled out. Well, then you've got what it takes, baby. Turn around, look at that sucker and say, who you think you are? You know who you're dealing with. Huh? No, we just want to run out the door and say, door, door. <laughs> no, you ought to grow up sometimes and say, all right, we're here. Let's, let's get it on. Let's get it on. What you got? That's all you got? I missed it. I missed it. Can, 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 I never thought about this before, ever. It's, it's so simple. Can you imagine the devil telling you you missed it? 
Him telling you, you missed it. The devil. Falling from falling. The devil going to hell forever. The father of lies is telling you how you have made a mistake and missed it. Oh, well, I'm glad you wouldn't know anything about that. How wise you are, oh serpent. You're, you're, you're going to tell me how I've missed it. Come on, man. Have you read about your future right before the book of maps? <laughs> and you're going to tell me how I've missed it? Hallelujah. Well, I didn't preach myself happy. I counted all joy. Joy one, joy two, and joy three. And on and on and on. Well, that's who we are. That's what we've been made. It's legal. The blood made it legal. There's a book in heaven called the book of life. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name's written in that life. If you hadn't, all you got to say is say, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, save me. Be my Lord, be my Savior. He'll save you. All your sin is forgiven. Really, the only sin he's forgiven you is the fact that you haven't received him. He'll become the Lord and Savior of your life. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life in, in, in red in the blood of Jesus, and nothing can blot it out. There's no white out. There's no demon that can, can take it out. It's, it's forever established. Forever, forever, forever. So it gives me great privilege today to get to, to minister and be among the kings and the priests of God. The royalty of God, the royal priesthood of God is sitting here and have assembled themselves together. And we worship our King. Mm, King Jesus. Father, I thank you, King Jesus, that you are here. Holy Spirit, mighty Holy Spirit of God, we thank you, Lord, that you're here. We thank you for the words from heaven this day. We thank you for the position that you've given us of who you have made us, Lord Jesus by your blood, by your sacrifice. We thank you for every benefit that we have in you. We declare, Father God, we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness into our life. I declare your people blessed, 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 blessed because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that came through one man, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, the blessing of the Lord have made you rich and he has no sorrow to it. God bless you. Amen. Amen.